630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Another big one for the Blue Jays. They're in the bottom of the third in a 1-1 tie with the New York Yankees. Also, the Orioles lead the Red Sox. How about that? 3-1 in the top of the fourth. Those wild card standings. Remember, the top two get in. Yankees a game ahead of Boston. Boston half a game up on Seattle. One game up on Toronto. The Mariners do not play today. The Blue Jays... Well, if they win this one and get some help from the Orioles, they'll be tied for the wild card spot, and then they play the lowly Orioles of their final three games over the weekend. Of course, we will keep you updated on this game, and we'll keep you updated on Thursday night football. Kicks off in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Jacksonville at 0-3, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who come into that game with a record of 2-1. and The Edmonton Oilers will play in Everett, Washington tomorrow against the Seattle Kraken. The Oilers did not practice today, first day off of training camp. 6 o'clock is your face-off show tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 8. Then right back at it on Saturday at Rogers Place against the Winnipeg Jets. That'll be a 3.30 in the afternoon face-off show with the game starting at 5. Those are the final two games of a busy week for the Oilers playing five games in seven days. Uh, actually, then they'll get right back on the ice Monday uh, as well against the Calgary Flames. Total of eight preseason games for the Oilers. They have played three of them. They have gone 2-1 and one last night, uh, beaten fairly convincingly by uh, uh, the Jets roster that was, quite frankly, better, and they showed it for most of the night, 5-1 the final in that game. The Oilers did make a few roster moves today. Xavier Borgo, who I thought looked okay in the two preseason games that he played. I think there's some potential there. The first-round draft pick from this summer, he has been returned to the Shawinigan Cataracts of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And the following players... And I don't think there are any big surprises here. Have been assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. Devin Brasseau, Matteo Gennaro, Yanni Caldas, Dino Kambitz, Raphael Lavoie, Kiro Maximoff, Ostap Safin, and Tim Soderland all go to the Condors in the American Hockey League. So those are your Oilers notes today. Uh, I mentioned the 5-1 loss last night. Fogel and Cassian, the two biggest names, at least up front, playing for the Oilers. I thought they did well. Uh, you know, Cassian was involved in the play, as was Fogel. I, I think there's some hope there that Fogel can take the puck to the net and use his size to get to the net as well and maybe draw a few penalties along the way, which has been one of the strengths throughout his career to this point. So that was uh, how they looked up front. Brad Malone got the goal. Good for him. He's going to be in the American Hockey League. I thought of the three games Evan Bouchard has played on the blue line, and he has played all three. That was his toughest last night. Um, got beat on the rush a, a couple of times and uh, probably didn't create as much. Well, he didn't create as much with the puck on his stick as he had in the other two games. But again, he was playing for the third time in uh, four nights, as were a few other guys on that roster. Thanks a lot for tuning in today. Of course, it is a significant day. It is the uh, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation in Canada, and we will have a couple of guests on the show tonight who uh, are great uh, sports people and uh, who are also Indigenous, and they can lend a, uh, a very um, personal voice to this story. We're going to have Chief Willie Littlechild on a little bit later on, just an incredible life and career, um, a, a residential school survivor, who uh, continues to have uh, a huge impact in his community and in the province and really across the country, and also an incredible sports career. And uh, 
played Golden Bears hockey. He uh, swam at university, and uh, he's been involved with several major events over the years. So uh, he's going to be on the show a little bit later on. And we'll also talk to Ashley Turner, who is Métis. She is the Pandas soccer goalkeeper. And uh, she has a pretty interesting personal story as well. And as she has gone through university, she's become uh, more and more involved in finding out about what has happened in this country and what has happened with past generations. And uh, she has some initiatives going through the Panda Soccer Program, which are uh, pretty pretty cool and pretty uh, brave of her to do. So she's going to tell that story a little bit later on inside sports as well. We'll also talk to Brad Lauer. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They get their regular season started tomorrow against the Red Deer Rebels. And Eddie Steele will be on the show, our, uh, one of our Edmonton Elks analysts here on 630 Chad and uh, my oh my it has not gone well for the Edmonton Elks and I, uh, I don't think we can debate it anymore I mean the Ottawa Red Blacks are not good let's let's not fool ourselves the Ottawa Red Blacks are not good they have beaten the Edmonton Elks twice this season so uh, I think that's pretty clear why if you're seeing power rankings pop up from people who cover the league it's pretty clear why the Edmonton Elks are placed ninth out of nine teams. And sadly, I do think that's an appropriate spot. Really tough go for the Elks. Uh, Eddie and I will break that down a little bit later on tonight as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You can email inside sports at 630chet.com. And if you have a smartphone, well, or even if you have a stupid phone, quite frankly, you can use it. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. All right, so I got to do something new today. Well, that's not entirely true. I, I, I got to tell you what the new thing is. I, w- I was going to say I went on a Zoom call. That obviously is not new, how the last year and a half is gone. I'm on a Zoom call of some sort almost every day, sometimes multiple ones in the same day. So going on the Zoom call is not new. What was uh, new was the uh, team whose Zoom room I stepped into. And even, quite frankly, even the league that this team belongs in was uh, a bit of a new experience uh, to me. I went in the Zoom room for the Carolina Panthers of the National Football League. And if you're uh, any sort of a sports fan in the Edmonton area, you probably know why. Chuba Hubbard from Sherwood Park, Alberta, who we've had on the show several times over the years, even going back to his days as a high school star, and then he went to Oklahoma State. He will be the Panthers running back this weekend when they play the Dallas Cowboys. One week ago tonight, as we were doing Inside Sports, that was a storyline. Christian McCaffrey injured. Chuba Hubbard took over at running back for the Panthers, and uh, McCaffrey not able to go this weekend. So Chuba is going to be the guy. So I got to go in the Panthers' Zoom room, got to ask uh, Chuba a few questions, so uh, that was pretty cool. And I, uh, you know, asked him, what was it like replacing McCaffrey last week? I always believe everybody gets, you know, at least one opportunity, one chance. And, you know, it's it's your job to, you know, step up and be ready. And, you know, obviously football injuries and stuff like that happen all the time. And obviously with Christian, unfortunately, he got hurt. And, you know, I needed to step up. And at the end of the day, you know, football's football. And we're all professionals. So I just had to be, uh, be a professional and step up. Last week. For Hubbard against Houston, decent numbers. He had 11 carries for 52 yards. He had three catches for 27 yards. So so most of his stats for the season are from that game. He has 62 rushing yards, 31 receiving yards. So all but uh, 14 of the total yards were racked up on Thursday night. So he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And he had this to say about what he has learned from Christian McCaffrey so far. 
that's probably the most asked question I get. Um, what have you learned from Christian? What's what's it like to be around Christian? And the biggest thing I say, because I've I've learned so much even in this small period of time, is just be a professional and how to be a professional. Um, I feel like that often gets overshadowed, but just learn how to take care of your body on the field, um, off the field, take care of your, you know, your mind on and off the field, and just do the right things on and off the field. Um it's crazy. You know, those little things I've realized in the NFL really make a really make a difference. Chuba Hubbard from Sherwood Park, Alberta, will start at running back for the Carolina Panthers on the weekend. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, Chuba's, you know, he's he was outstanding in high school. He went to the NCAA. And I don't know if it was the first time he was on. The, it would have been the first or second time he was on the show. We had him uh, on Inside Sports when he committed to Oklahoma State. And this is still one of the most memorable segments that that I've certainly done as a host. We arranged through the foot through the uh, the double D football team to have a Darius Bowman call in and congratulate Chuba live on the air without Chuba knowing this because Darius went to Oklahoma State University as well. Still one of my most memorable segments. So I, I asked the, the Chuba the, the the context of all this. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, crazy to think like ago, if I look back, you know. Sorry, Angie. Five, five, six years ago, he was he was the young guy. He was dreaming of playing in the National Football League, and now he's doing it. And of course, throughout the process of it, he's experiencing it day to day. But I said, "What? What is it like thinking back to that kid in high school who would now say, hey, I'm actually going to do that someday? That's incredible.' Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to think like if I look back, you know, being back in Canada when I was like." in my senior year, junior year, whatever, like if I really look back and just looked at everything I've been through and how far I've come, uh, I'd definitely be proud of myself. Uh, something I'm working on, smelling the roses along the way, definitely. All right, that is Chuba Hubbard. Great story, great local story, now playing in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. It's it's pretty cool when you think that uh, a, a player who was a, a top running back in the NCAA for his last couple seasons in university and is now in the NFL is from a little old Sherwood Park. And oh, by the way, Canada's best soccer player, Alfonso Davies, who plays in Germany, is from little old Edmonton. That the, Those are uh, awesome stories. And of course, we wish them both the best. And I think there's going to be, I think they're going to inspire another generation of great athletes coming out of this city for sure okay 6 16 is the time of day we are with you live tonight as i mentioned national day of truth and reconciliation chief willie Littlechild is scheduled to join us tonight it's inside sports on 6 30 chat thanks a lot for tuning in tonight bottom of the fourth blue jays and yankees tied 1-1 of course we will keep you updated on that one another huge one for the blue jays they got a 6-5 win last night over the Yankees and uh, they're pretty much all must wins for the Blue Jays here going into the final weekend of the regular season. Just seeing uh, a few folks who cover the Vancouver Canucks posting on Twitter that it looks like the Canucks have a deal with restricted free agent Quinn Hughes or that something likely to be reported or finalized very soon in the neighborhood. Uh, well, six years, the length of the deal around $7.75 million per year, maybe a little bit above that. I'm seeing several people report on Twitter. So that is uh, of note for the Canucks, who, of course, have had Quinn Hughes unsigned, have had Elias Peterson unsigned. Peterson won the Calder in 2019, had injury issues last year, still had 21 points in 26 games, 
And uh, Hughes, who was the runner-up for the Calder last season, I mean, outstanding, 41 points in 56 games, going to be on their top defense pairing this season. The Canucks currently with about $13.5 million in cap space, but they can create about 3 if they uh, put Michael Furland on long-term injured reserve. So uh, Peterson and... Uh, Hughes, I believe they've been skating together with Brady Kachuk, who's another restricted free agent without a contract. I think they've been skating together in Michigan. So another story to keep an eye on there. I, Quinn Hughes, I mean, excellent player. So many good young defensemen coming into the National Hockey League. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting to watch. And that's another story to follow. Again, uh, for the Oilers today, just the uh, news about a bulk of players being assigned to Bakersfield and the first-round draft pick from this summer, Xavier Borgo. He gets sent back to Shawinigan in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League after, I think, decent showings through his first couple of games. Dave Tippett said after the game last night, we, we got the Friday game, we got the Saturday game, and then for Sunday, down to pretty close to the roster. So I, I would expect that after... Saturday's game or maybe even early Sunday morning they announced that uh, a whole bunch of players have been assigned back to junior or to the American Hockey League and then I I would think they're probably down to maybe 28 guys for Sunday in in that neighborhood you know they're going to wind up keeping 23 there might be some players you still want to take a look at whether it's uh Tyler Benson Colton Seviers here on the PTO Perlini, who has scored three goals in two games. Uh, I think they're still looking at exactly where Ryan McLeod is, is going to fit in. And uh, the, you're going to have Duncan Keith on the ice pretty soon as well. Keith has been in quarantine and expected to be back on the ice on Saturday. And then Dave Tippett said he should be able to play all three games next week, Monday against Calgary, and then Thursday and Saturday next week against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll also uh, continue to monitor the situation with Josh Archibald, who uh, Tippett said yesterday is going through some other tests. He doesn't feel great after skating. It is, uh, it is not, COVID, uh, obviously, you know, by now that Archibald is unvaccinated, but he's tested every day, not a COVID situation, according to what Tippett said yesterday, but some sort other sort of issue that is preventing Archibald from feeling 100% and really getting totally back up to speed when he, well, he hasn't really been practicing. He's been skating by himself before the main group's practice. So uh, yet another twist in the tail of uh, Josh Archibald. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, Seattle tomorrow. So Seattle is not playing a game in Seattle until the regular season starts. They they uh, played their first one in Spokane. They're going to play uh, in Everett tomorrow against the Oilers. I, I had Chris Daniels from King 5 out of Seattle on the face-off show the other night who's, who traveled with the Kraken on this road trip. So they played in Spokane, came up to Edmonton and played in Calgary last night. Jordan Everly scored in the shootout to get the crack on the win. And he told the story about the climate pledge. I guess it's not the climate pledge arena, climate pledge arena in Seattle, which is where uh, key arena was. I saw when was it in 2004. I want to say I went to a WHL game there on a Saturday night and went to an NBA game there on a Sunday night. So that's where it is. It's where Key Arena is. 
and it is most of the roof from Key Arena. It was declared some sort of heritage structure that you can't mess with. So they basically had to lift the roof up and suspend it and uh, build an arena underneath. So that's where the Kraken are going to play. And obviously they're angling to get an NBA team down the road as well as the Sonics went to Oklahoma City and became the Thunder a few years ago. All right, uh, still bottom of the fourth. We have the Blue Jays with two out and a runner on first, still in a 1-1 tie with the New York Yankees. So as I mentioned, it is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We'll have a couple of guests on to talk about that, including Chief Willie Littlechild, who's had an absolutely amazing life and amazing career. He'll have some of his perspective. And between 7 and 7.30 tonight, Eddie Steele, our, one of our analysts for the Edmonton Elks, who are going through a tough, tough, tough season. Back after the news and weather, Inside Sports on Chet. All right, Yankees and Blue Jays 1-1, fifth inning about to begin. Orioles trying to do the Jays a favor. They lead the Red Sox 3-1 in the bottom of the fifth. NFL tonight, the game is just over four minutes old. We do not have a score between Jacksonville and Cincinnati. This is a significant day in Canada. It is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. And uh, I don't think anybody better, especially on a sports show, to end to uh, to give some perspective to that. I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports Chief Willie Littletrout. Chief Willie Littletrout, sir, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Reed? I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on the show. I, I know we spoke briefly earlier today, and uh, and I've seen some of your activities traced in social media and on the news today. So I know it's been a very uh, a very busy day. Willie, I'm, I'm going to start here. Um, you know, I can go to the Government of Canada website and I can read that today honours lost children and survivors of residential schools and that it's a public commemoration of the tragic and painful history of the ongoing impacts of residential schools. I, I can read that, but I feel like I, I'm not sure if that really gets it to, to sink into my, my skin for me. How how do you describe National Day for Truth and Reconciliation to people? Well, it's um, it's one of mixed emotion. First of all, if I could say that, uh, read one is uh, I'm very very happy that one of our calls to action is actually being implemented across Canada. Uh, secondly, it's very emotional for me having been. As, a, as you say, a residential school student for 14 years in three different uh, institutions. And a little bit sad with uh, still the denial that uh, exists. Although um, I know this is the very first one, and it's a signal of a new era, I think, new energy. So it's really one of... Uh, mixed emotion that I can't put into uh, one-liner, I guess, in terms of how would I explain it. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you were 14 years in a residential school. It's There have been so many tragic stories about uh, the graves being found in, in recent months. How would you describe people looking back on your childhood life in a residential school? Like, Was it just a, a joyless childhood what were things that that gave you hope and joy at that time in your life can, can do you mind taking us back there a bit i, I will uh, uh read actually i was taken to the residential school when i was six years old although the law uh, required it to be seven so 
I was taken a little bit earlier, uh, only one year, but still earlier uh, in breach of the law, I think, um, to a situation where I'm coming from a family, my grandparents raising me, my grandpa couldn't speak English, couldn't write English, uh, my grandmother could, and uh, uh, going into an institution, residential school, where I can only speak Cree. I didn't know English or French or any other language. Uh, so from that point on, um, it's uh, initially a shock in terms of um, the environment. And then to be with uh, a whole lot of other children. Uh, sometimes they call the September crying month because that's when we were rounded up and Indeed, that's what you heard many times throughout the night, is little children crying in the dorm. Uh, but if you fast forward to uh, past the abuses that I went through, like a lot of uh, students have talked about, the uh, physical and mental and spiritual, cultural, sexual abuse, went through all of that, um, but I don't dwell on that. I like to think about more the positive aspect of it, not to downplay by any means or to insult anyone uh, that had a uh, negative experience. I've said a couple of times in public that sports saved my life, especially hockey. Hockey saved my life. And I say that because I used to run away from the abuse and run towards hockey. <laughs> um, Friday nights when movies were on for for the whole school, I would sneak out, put skates on, and skate by myself in the dark until the movie was just about finished and go back and pretend I was just watching the whole movie myself. So I um, I got through it, I think. Um Still with a lot of pain, but nevertheless, I like to think that I uh, learned not only discipline, but that the power of sport in situations like that, where the power of sport for me and uh, many others actually talked about it through our hearings. And uh, recalling that we heard approximately 7,000 oral testimonies Many of the speakers said that it was, if it wasn't sport, for sport, they wouldn't have been there. Uh, so it's um, um, rough beginning in a sense. Your name is taken away from you. It's replaced with a number. My number was 65 for the first school's 11 years. And one wonders what happens to a child when you do that to them? What happens to the parents when you take away their children like that? Uh, many times I couldn't go home all year uh, because, my, like I said, my grandparents um, had been uh, taking care of me at the time. So... Um, in spite of all of that, what happened to me and others, I still 
think about the positive side in terms of you can still succeed, you can still pursue excellence, you can still try your hardest at whatever vocation you want to pursue, uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy, but it, it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're you're a testament to that, and and thank you for for sharing that, and uh, and and I'll kind of echo what you said. We we are not certainly downplaying the uh, the abuses that you faced, and so many other young Indigenous uh, Canadians faced in the residential schools. But you did give us a great line there that sports saved your life, and that there are things to celebrate about being an athlete and being involved in a team and, and being physically active and all those types of things, and, and I think we want to recognize uh, that part of your life uh, as well. Uh, Willie, what kind of a hockey player were you as a as a kid? Were you uh, a speedy little scorer? Were you a bruiser? What were you like when you played? Well, I started very late, actually. I, I, I didn't... Um... Uh, I wasn't good enough for the school team until I was a midget. Back then, midgets was a, um, a category uh, after bantams, a uh, category called midgets. Um, uh, but because I was sneaking out at night, I think, Reed, I was able to skate uh, pretty fast, I would say, because when I was playing for the Bears, we would always, um, Coach Drake would... Uh, have us skate pretty hard and sometimes um, timing us both directions around around the ring and so on with and without the puck and I, I did pretty good I think in, in, in that aspect but I wasn't big I was um, too small to play defense and that's all I had played from midget to college when I got to university I couldn't move the big guys so Coach Drake put me on a weight training program one summer and said, I want you back here by by next season at least at 170. <laughs> so I lifted weights and um, second assessment was, Willie, I think you better play forward. <laughs> so I, I, I moved up to forward and enjoyed um, uh, learning about the tradition of the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey team in terms of a, uh, a saying that um, is on the wall of the arena, but he actually used to tell us this all the time. It's amazing what can be done when no one cares who gets the credit. And I kind of put that into today's context. It's amazing what's been happening in Canada today from coast to coast to coast in terms of people coming out and celebrating with us, some um, reflecting on the, the past negative aspects of our history. But uh, the main thing is that uh, we're all seeming to be wanting to reach the path of uh, re- restoring respectful relationships and having good relationships. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was a little bit late tonight um, because there was a march in the city of Wetaskiwin, the most mispronounced name in Canada. It's Wetaskiwin, and that's a Cree word that means having good relations. And uh, I think to see our country 
our province move towards that direction with us uh, is just heartwarming. And it's worth all the pain and hours that we put into the work of listening to the survivors of their lived experiences, the most horrific, horrific stories of abuse in some cases, read as you know, but in others, um, they, they broke through it. And uh, um, sometimes um, we say, I'm not a survivor, I'm a thriver. Um, so if you had a, a real positive mental attitude to put up with whatever it was that was being thrown at you, uh, you could become a thriver. Um, and at the Hockey Hall of Fame when I was, there was a little feature there in Toronto. I said, well, wouldn't it, would, how, how, how does this sound? I can't even believe in myself. From residential school to the Hockey Hall of Fame and now to Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. It's just unbelievable uh, what, in spite, as I say, of what has been done to us as children, you can still um, um, succeed. Yeah. Well, and your, uh, I mean, your accomplishments and, and, and accolades, uh, we, we could spend a whole show listing them, Chief Little Child. That's absolutely amazing what you have accomplished. I, I do want to hit on a, on a couple of other things, and, and thank you again so much for being so generous with your time. Uh, you are uh, a part of the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation, which are uh, working with Indigenous communities in Alberta. Uh, they had a hockey is for everyone 50-50 night with proceeds going to right to play in Spirit North and uh, some further work I understand this season for uh, an Indigenous Hockey Academy I believe what's what's the story here Willie? The idea of having an Indigenous Hockey Academy has uh, actually goes back back to my days when I was coaching junior junior hockey I I tried to do um, a hockey academy um and then uh, the team folded and moved into the junior A uh, division of hockey in Alberta. Um, and then later on, um, the thought of having an academy like those that exist around uh, around the province and around the world, actually, at least in the snow countries, um, of the idea of bringing children together in an academic setting and using hockey to motivate them um, is a win-win situation. And uh, groups have have started uh, hockey academies here in Alberta as well. And um, for three years, I think now, when I think back to the Edmonton um, Oilers Community Foundation, uh, that discussion has been on uh, to have one in Edmonton and then maybe have one in Enoch, uh, which is close to the city and you can do both the, um, the school and also the, the um, playing the game. So for us, um, I think that's a big solution to a lot of our challenges, Reed, to 
to, for example, the early dropout rates, 95% at some points of dropping out um, before or during high school because you didn't have an alternative positive activity to turn to. And that's where the crime starts to happen. But if you're engaged in a hockey team or a sports team, uh, that time is taken by that activity and uh, really changes your path in life, I think. So, yes, we are talking about hockey at a hockey academy um, at the uh, community foundation um, because of its positives. And uh, we have people interested in working with us on that project because it's what it, that's what it takes. Um, so I'm looking forward to it myself. I, I'm coming to the end of my term with the foundation, but with this coming on board, I'll certainly want to be um, a, a spectator, at least in the stands even, uh, watching uh, young students playing hockey. Chief Littlechild, just one more before I, I let you go, and I, I'm so grateful that uh, all, all the time you're giving us tonight. Um, what does it mean, do you think, to see Ethan Bear play in the NHL? You know, first for the Oilers, he was traded to, to Carolina, obviously grew up in Saskatchewan. What what does a player like Ethan Bear mean? Well, it means a lot. Um as a matter of fact, if you recall, Reed, one night they had his jersey in Crease Alabics um, um, instead of in English. And um, people asked me what that means. It means it means courage and strength. It's, um, what the, you know, the animal brother, the bear, uh, that's what uh, Masqua means to us, that the courage and, uh, and uh, strength. So... With that connection, uh, linguistically and spiritually and physically, the mental element of uh, uh, role modeling uh, enters the picture. And a lot of young people uh, look towards uh, watching him play, wanted to be like him. So as a role model, he, uh, he did his best here in Edmonton, and unfortunately, um, he's moved on to a different location, but then there's others as well with White Cloud in Las Vegas. The young people really look up to them as role models. Uh, fortunately, in my family, I'm, I'm really blessed because uh, uh, my brothers um, uh, all played hockey at the... Uh, in fact, one of them scored the winning goal for the Edmonton Oil Kings when they won the Memorial Cup. Another one was one of the first Canadians to go to Europe and play hockey with a world record of three fastest goals in hockey at 20 seconds. Another one that started uh, in Los Angeles when they were called the Blades. Um, and then three nephews that played in a German uh, Division One league who just retired now. Uh, after playing pro for 12 years in Europe. So um, it's kind of a hockey family, I would say, I guess. Um, so it's easy for me to spot when I watch the young people 
looking at role models like Bear um, um, because it's a dream for them, I'm sure, when they're watching him play that maybe they could be the next um, professional hockey player as well. Yeah, well said. Chief Willie Littlechild, again, thank you so much for coming on on Inside Sports. Uh, I mean, you've had such an incredible life and career, and you brought us such great perspective tonight. I do hope we can talk again someday. And I know this has been a busy day for you, so thanks for making Inside Sports and our audience a part of it. All the best, sir, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll run into you at the rink at some point this season. I hope so, too, and thank you very much. And uh, keep up the fantastic work you do. Thank you very much. That is Chief Willie Littlechild. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Well, that was amazing to have Chief Willie Littlechild on the show. Richard writes in. He says, your best interview yet. These stories make me want to cry. What a world we live in. Yeah, pretty emotional. Some of the things Chief Littlechild said in that interview. Cowtown Bob says, thanks for the excellent guest. Willie is an inspiration and a treasure from Alberta. God bless him. And Steve says, thank you for sharing with Chief Littlechild. Uh, Steve also had a... Uh, a player that he wanted me to ask uh, Chief Willie about that played at the same time. Sorry, I sorry I didn't get to that, Steve. But we got a we got a wealth of stuff there from Chief Willie Littlechild. I think his words and message are. I mean, I'm kind of at a loss here. Very powerful, certainly, and, and I think um, something that I hope we can kind of carry with us here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of reluctant to try to rehash it or say too much about it because I think Chief Littlechild said it so well, and, and those are the words that we should take with us tonight. But it was an honor to have him on the show, and to those of you uh, writing in that, that you appreciated it as well, I, I do appreciate your comments, and uh, I think a one-of-a-kind man, and I think he uh, gave us a lot of depth there with his attitude and, and his honesty for sure. Okay, we're coming up to the 7 o'clock news and weather. We will have uh, another guest concerning the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation a little bit later on. The uh, goalkeeper for the Alberta Panda soccer team is Ashley Turner, a young woman who has uh, been embracing her Métis heritage as uh, she's grown into adulthood, and she has uh, some pretty emotional things to tell you as well. We will break down what is going on or perhaps not going on with the Edmonton Elks when we get back. Eddie Steele will check in on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.